This podcast is brought to you by Dinglemount Church. It will open up God's Word to you, inspire you to love God, and grow in the knowledge of Him, and challenge you to live a victorious Christian life. Be blessed as you listen. pleasure to be with you all, to fellowship with you. I thank you, the governing council of the church. I thank the pastor for the privilege of fellowship. I love you all and I appreciate you. I am quite aware that um, the whole of the month has been on evangelism and um, I know quite a lot has been said about evangelism, but I'm going to focus on few things. My message will be divided into two because I don't have that uh, luxury of time. Shall we bow down as we pray? Precious Father, we just ask that you bless the teaching and the hearing of your word. We do know that the entrance of your word give it light and understanding to the simple. Father, by the time we are done with tonight, may our light heart be enlightened with the power of the gospel. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Um, we take our reading from the Gospel of St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, and um, from verse 15 through 18. Can you help me to project it there so that we could read together as I move on? Matthew's Gospel. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. The next verse, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow them who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. The last verse. So then after the Lord has spoken to them. He was received up into heaven. And sat down at the right hand of God. Let's read the next two so that we can conclude. Of what happens thereafter. And they went out and preached everywhere. 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 The Lord walking with them. And confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. My topic is evangelism, a mandate for all believers. A mandate for all believers. Evangelism is zealous preaching and advocacy of the gospel. Zealous preaching and advocate of the gospel. The gospel is the good news of redemption, an unquestionable truth, good news from God, good news of redemption, good news from God in the sense that he sent his only son to come die for our sins. 
There are no good news around every time you hear gas explosion, all manners of evils, kidnappings, fundamentalist killing. So all around the world is full of evil news. But the only good news that is available today is the good news of the Lord Jesus. That he came to this world to die for our sins. Can you imagine if everyone who is wicked today, the people killing all around today, have the good news? You won't have all the evil we have today. Evangelism demanded for all believers. It is the good news of salvation and redemption through our Lord Jesus Christ. And as Christians who have received the good news, we are commanded to share the same gospel. It's mandatory for everyone. It's not just the duty of the pastor. Everyone is given this mandate. Jesus said, go into the whole world and preach the gospel unto all creatures. He that believes shall be baptized, shall be saved. But he that believes not shall be condemned. So as Christians who have received grace to have been saved by grace, you and I are commanded and mandated to go and preach the good news and share the good news with someone. Remember I've just said, everywhere you turn to in the newspapers, on the television, everywhere you find evil news. People losing their jobs, economic crunch, and you name it. And so the only place where you find true peace and joy and fulfillment is in the good news of Christ. Don't forget that we were saved by grace. Now, evangelism is a sign of your true allegiance to Christ. It's a sign of your allegiance. If you are a product maker, you don't make a product and go and hide it in your bedroom. You want people to know about that product. If you don't advertise that product, there is no way people out there can know the importance of that product. Jesus is that product that changed your life and gave you hope. And so we in turn should go out there. Later on I will be sharing diverse ways by which I have been involved in the work of evangelism for over 25 years. And as a matter of fact, I live in a very tough terrain where Islam is about 85% in government, on the streets. And yet God has given us strategy in the last 25 years to reach out. We have confronted all manners of evils by the grace of God. So I'll be dealing more on that in my next teaching. So, we were saved by grace. And when we were saved, the re- single reason for which Jesus saved us is to serve. We are saved to serve. The highest and greatest service you can do for God's kingdom is to win souls for Him. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30b says, He that winneth soul is wise. 
the greatest thing you can do in the house of God, in the kingdom of God, is to win souls for Christ. Thank God for your offerings. It's good. Thank God for making yourself available to serve in the Sunday school. That's nice. But the greatest service you can do for the kingdom is to win souls for the Lord. The reason why God delivered you is to serve. The reason why he preserved your soul is to serve. The reason why he didn't allow that sickness to take your life is to serve. The reason why you survived all manners of traumas and dangers and troubles in this world is for service. You are preserved to serve. In about seven places in the Bible, God sent Moses to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve. You are not just here to sit down, just come on Sunday and go away. You are to serve the Lord in one way or the other. In Exodus chapter 7 verse 16, God said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve. Serve, serve, serve. In Exodus chapter 8 verse 20, the same thing is repeated, Let my people go that they may serve me. In Exodus chapter 8 verse 1, verse 20, also, let my people go that they may serve. Exodus chapter 9 verse 1, Exodus chapter 9 verse 13, Exodus chapter 10 verse 3, let my people go that they may serve. We all know that times and trends are changing and will continue to change until Christ comes. Now as we go out to witness out there, let me intimate you with the challenge of this present time, the kind of people God is sending us to, to go and bring into his kingdom. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. Second Timothy, just very quickly. Because it's, it's necessary for us to understand the kind of people that God is sending us to. First, it is mandatory. It is not optional. It's not meant for only the pastors or the ministers. Everyone is saved to serve. Let my people go that they may serve. The reason why God must release and allow you go from the hands of the devil is just one, to serve. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. The word perilous means tough, dangerous, difficult. It's going to be very hard. So, and then for men will be lovers of themselves. So these are the people you're dealing with. These are the people you want to bring into the kingdom. Men who are lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemous. Disobedient to parents. That's the generation of people you, find. you want to go and reach out. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. If there has been any generation that has been unthankful, it's this generation. Unthankful. Unholy. Unloving. Unforgiving. Slanderous. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of those that are good. They fill all our streets. These are the people we want to go and bring to the kingdom. They are not the same people that have the same mindset that you have. 
They are dangerous people. They are selfish people. They are godless people. They don't know God. Yet Christ died for them and loved them. And yet it is our duty to let them know that there is a product that can change their lives. That's Jesus Christ. Now in the light of these, uh, besides the fact that we, today's believers, is complacent and very unwilling and lazy, understanding this terrain is very important. Now, what's the problem? I will highlight just a few, then I move on. Why is it like that? This present generation is full of freedom. These are the challenges we have. Too much freedom. Freedom for people to do what they like. Freedom for a man to marry a man. Freedom for a woman to marry a woman. Oh, when, when you have too much freedom, as against the Bible, as against the will of God, then it becomes chaotic. When a man gets freedom before the right time, he abuses that freedom. So we, we are sent to those who have so much freedom. Freedom that a father cannot talk to a child. That's the terrain in which we are. So, but yet, God wants us to reach out to them. So how do we, in the process of this, I will still share some things. What methods can be used to get these people to Christ? Free them to do anything. In the U.S. the other day, a woman just entered a supermarket naked. Human right. So I have the right to do what I want. When you get freedom before the right time, people abuse the freedom. The prodigal son told his father, get me all that is mine. I want to get out of this place. And he went out. And he squandered everything and began to be in want. Until he realized he had a father. And he came back. These people can still come back to God. So there's so much freedom. It does not matter if it conflicts with the law of the Lord. The other challenge is people today have refused to retain the knowledge of God. According to Romans 1.18. It says because these people have refused to retain the knowledge of God in their mind. Then he God left them to a reprobate mind. The word reprobate means... Uh, Doing nonsensical things, things unimaginable. A reprobate mind. He just does something wrong and he, he doesn't know what he's doing. A reprobate mind. So we are dealing with trying to go and reach out to people with a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind. Doing things you cannot you cannot even think. The other challenge we have is the technology we have today on television, on the internet, the movies, pornographic materials, uh, naked appearances. These are the issues we are dealing with. These are the people we want to go and reach out to. It's also a challenge. We are also dealing with the challenge of people who are on drugs. They are just, they're just drug addicts. That's what they live. It's like that's what they live for all their lives. And so, how do we reach out to them? Yet God loves them. 
I have said to you, it is mandatory. We have to reach out to them. But it will be difficult for you to go and reach out to people you don't know what their, what their challenges are, you don't know what they are facing. So the challenge of the drugs is all over the place, bad influence. And so the whole streets are filled with ungodly people. And yet, God is depending on you and I to go reach out to them. We also have the challenges of the law of the land that forbids you from preaching. Don't talk. You are in the bus. Don't talk. The law of the land. Don't say anything. As I got into London, the first day I came, somebody gave me a newspaper. And the newspaper was advertising on the front page, free gift of a Quran. I don't know how many of you saw that. Free gift of Quran. I said, Lord, what is happening in this land? Why are our people sleeping? Why are they complacent? Don't forget the Bible says in Matthew chapter 13 verse 25, while men slept, the enemy came. Why are our people sleeping? Do you think in Iran or in Iraq they would advertise the Bible in their newspaper? They wouldn't do that. That's the challenge you are facing. You cannot talk about Jesus. You cannot preach the gospel. And yet God mandates us to go bring so soon. So how do we do that in a terrain that forbids you? So these are the challenges. I am a practical man. I've been involved in evangelism. I've been involved in evangelism for many years. I've been to villages. I've been to nations. And I've seen different challenges and I've come to see ways in my own understanding that one can tackle all these things. Now, as I leave that aspect, in the, in, the, in the light of all these challenges, what do we need to do? How do we handle it? I have three points here. Number one is prayers. There is nothing prayer cannot do. Prayer can change circumstances. We saw how prayer changed the situation in, in which Daniel was. We saw how prayer changed and made a difference between the children of Israel and Goshen, where they were. Prayer is needed. This church must have a group of people who will intercede maybe once in a month for this community. Prayer is powerful. The place of prayer must not be underestimated. There is nothing we can do outside prayer. You can print all these handbills and say, pick one, pick one. It will make no effect until we have a structure that we cry to the Lord. Lord, save this community. Each time I feel bad, when I'm on the plane, in the bus, no matter what happens, I said, Jesus loves you. Do you know him? You may not answer me, but I've dropped. While I was coming on train, I sat, I said, Lord Jesus. Everybody was smoking. I said, Lord, what is happening in this? Why are all people godless here? I said, Lord, I have, I'm sitting down on this place. Any other person that sits where I'm sitting, they will never have peace, have peace anymore until they get saved. So you must, you must pray. You must say something. God must see in you that you have passion about it. What you don't have passion about, you don't care about. So prayer is important. In Matthew chapter 11 verse, verse 12, the Bible says 
from the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violence. And it takes the violent to take it by force. The violence there is not of physical, it's of the spiritual. We fight the battle in the spirit. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The things operating are spirits. And we can only tackle it by the spirit. So prayer is very important. That's the first thing. So for the church who believes in witnessing, evangelism, there must be a structure. Number two, the leading of the Holy Spirit. I have won so many souls by the leading of the Holy Spirit. We all have the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 says, For the Spirit bear witness in our spirit that we are the sons of God. When the Holy Spirit leads us in this work, it can be very amazing. I will give you one or two examples. The Lord has led me by the Holy Spirit in diverse ways. One day, I was going on my street. Because I, I will always go on each the Lord, give me souls today. Holy Spirit, lead me to someone today. And I've seen many times that the Holy Spirit led me to win souls for Him. And He has used different methods. One day I was just going on the street. And the Lord showed me a young man about 23 years old. The Holy Spirit said, go to that young man. He's about to be registered into the court tomorrow morning. He was a student of the university. I have never met him from Adam. The Holy Spirit, go to him now. So I went to him. He was a huge boy. I said, hello, young man. The Lord said, I should tell you to give your life to Christ now or else you'll be killed. Because tomorrow by 10 a.m., you're going to be initiated into the court. He just busted crying. And he gave his life to Christ. The leading of the Holy Spirit. At another time, I saw five hefty boys. The least of them would be about one half my size. Around 5.30 a.m. in the morning. The Lord woke me up and said, take your car now and drive up. Pastoke, you know, Saboke. Up. My house was down this way. The Lord, 5.30 a.m. Pick your car and drive now. So I took my car and I drove. Getting up around a thick bush, I saw five hefty boys. They were smoking marijuana. And as I got to that area where they are, the Holy Spirit said, Yes, stop your car now, drop down, and witness to these people. So I said, Lord, what should I do when I get there? The Holy Spirit said, Once you get there, just command them. So as soon as I got there, if they deal with me, and kill me there, nobody will know. So I got to them. I looked at them. Give me that cigarette and that marijuana. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. The five of them, they gave it to me. I put it on the floor and I scratched it. I said, is this the reason why you are born into this life? Now go on your knees and repeat after me. Are you willing to accept Jesus? And all five of them gave their life to Christ, weeping. Three years after, I was in Biodon Fatwa Ibu's church to preach. Three years after. Then as I moved into the church, there was someone who took my Bible right to the altar. 
He said, Pastor, do you remember me? I said, no. He said, I am that man who was smoking that day. That he took marijuana from. He was already serving in the church. And useful. The leading of the Holy Spirit. There was another time just about three, three or four weeks ago. I was in church from 7 a.m. the morning. Driving back home by 5. I was, I was already tired. And the Holy Spirit said to me. There is a man who is a lawyer. Who is 80 years old. I have known him for a while. But not a member of our church. The Holy Spirit said go to him right now. And lead him to Christ. But I was very tired. I was very tired. But I had to obey this. So I turned back. And I drove far to the house. And I got there. I met him that he was sick. So I held his hands. And I told the wife. And the, one of the sons. That this is the reason why I'm here. The Holy Spirit said to me. Go and lead him to Christ now. So I held his hands. And I led him to Christ. He barely could repeat those words. But he did repeat those words. For about 5-6 minutes. I, I gave my life to Christ. I renounced the world. Give him all those words. Uh, come into my heart. Write my name in the book of life. Bam. And I did that. And I left. Three hours later. They called me that he was dead. Holy Spirit helps and leads. You know. So. Um, Prayer is very important. The leading of the Spirit is very important. And the third thing we must do is the action. After you have prayed, after the Lord has led you which direction to go, this community or that community, then you make an action to do it. You act to do it. Um, In the next teaching, I will be dealing with methods that I have used, challenges that I have met, challenges that I have faced, I will be dealing with uh, laying down our lives for the gospel. You are even in a comfort zone. I stay in the midst of Muslims, tough people, and yet God has given us grace to survive. God has given us grace to still witness. We have confronted the devil, we have confronted the governor, we have confronted the people in the city. I have been locked in the prison. For preaching the gospel. We have no choice. But to preach the gospel. You can pray. There are different ways. We are going to look into. In my next teaching. How God can help us. Especially understanding the terrain. Where we are now. What can we do in the midst of the Lord. That tells you. You cannot give a tract. You cannot speak in the train. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. And yet. Paul said. Oh, Mr. George, I am, not div- I, I am not disobedient to the heavenly vision. We fear man than we fear God. And that's why we are not making an evil. And you will see the Muslims when they come, they don't fear anybody. They do what they want to do. We are too lazy. We are too complacent. We are too comfortable. And we need God to set a revival fire in our hearts. Can we bow down our head as we pray this day? Let's bow down our head. First, you're going to ask God for the grace to be a witness for Him. In your office, as a student, on your streets, you can drop a, a track. If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, 
why not join us in worship at the Dingle Mount Church or log on to our website at www.dinglemount.org for more information. Thank you for listening.